Hello, my friends. This is Andy and Hedy. I can be live from Yorba Linda, California. How are you? Schnooks? On the Living Fearless Devotional Podcast. <laughs> that's your... That's I'm your waiting one? for you. Oh. No, if you're going to do the intro, you have to give her name. Hello, my friends. This is Andy and Hedy. can be live from Yorba Linda, California with the Living Fearless Devotional. How are you, Schnooks? I am good. Thank you. <laughs> People go, what's this? What is that? <laughs> Please visit us at resurrectministry.com where you can find all of our content, the podcast, the Fearless Man podcast that Andy does to raise biblical men, my articles on the Christian Post, uh, the show we do for His Glory TV called Remnant Rising. Drop us a line. We read all of those comments ourselves. And if you're interested in partnering with us, we would love uh, you to do so. There's a donate button. You can contribute any amount, make it a monthly donation, uh, whatever your heart desires. Very cool. You know, uh, what's funny um, is that for my entire life, in any kind of, you know, relationship I had with somebody, I, I never used cutesy names. Mm -mm. It was not ever a part Just of Just for me. Because <laughs> I'm so cutesy. Schnuggums has turned into schnooks. <laughs> Occasionally it's, what did we say it could be too? Num num? Or no, that's food. Uh, Yes, Schnooks is one abbreviation. This is another abbreviation. I don't know. I it, 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 could it possibly be a a God thing? Is this something that God has given us? I don't know. I'm just wondering. Is that biblical? I don't because know. It's never I, love and lovey is something I'm used to because my dad always mm. referred to me that way. My mom still does. No, we never even told each other we love each other. My family. Oh, yeah, it was unheard I'm sorry. of. Um, so to say, honey or sweetie or no. No, that this was not part of my language. So it is kind of interesting. How it's nice because then the kids learn it and then they're going to do it with their spouses. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it is a little time I got to spend with your dad, which was what, about a year and a half, two years? Yeah, a year so, and a half. A year and a half. Um, I think that that him doing that, saying that to you, rubbed off on me. Aww. So it was, it's, it's being in the presence of a, a parent who who does that. I mean, it even affected me at my old age. Yeah, see that, what we're doing for our kids is not good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I don't know. I think it's also it's always nice. I mean, because we're teaching them to adore the Lord, um, adoration for a spouse, for family members, for siblings. Mm -hmm. We actually had a very long discussion in the car about that today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens after that discussion. Uh, probably nothing, <laughs> but at least we do it. Well, yes. No, you never give up. It, at some point, up. it uh, it connects. Sticks. I stick with it. Um, you know, it's funny today. There was a song I put on some night. I'm sorry. We're going to get to the devotion in one second, but we, um, you know, this whole music thing in the car, I've talked about it before where I've just, I've just taken control of the. the so much the, better. Oh, yeah. I can't stand the, can I choose the song? A thing I. I really get anxiety every time one of the kids starts with that. Like, can I play music? Can I change a song? And no. I'm like, oh, yeah. no. No. I'm so glad you don't allow that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I put on some 90s music. And uh, I don't know what it was. It was like uh, Chili Peppers or something like that um, came on. And one of the words, the, you know, a cuss word came out. And they go, oh, really? And, and, but it's so <laughs> yeah. funny because they catch it. Oh, yeah. And now they, you're held to the, yes, to the fire. But I love it. There and so go. I go, you're right. And I and I went and I skipped to the next song. There you go. And they didn't go, eh. They just they just go, Dad, I thought you said, yeah, yeah you're right. I gotta, Can't be old people music or new no, people music. No, but it's a, it's been it's it's been good. It's been I think it's been really good. 
I think really happy with that. All right, let's get rid of this frame, and we are going to be reading from the devotional, which is uh, Char. Oh, did I do it again? Yes, uh, Charles Spurgeon, "Morning by Morning," and the reference for uh, August nineteenth is Micah five four, which says, "He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord." Amen. So interesting that our God in flesh is referred to as something that is, you know, of course he's, he's a, you know, we talk about being king and, and Lord and um, lion, but this, this concept of him being a shepherd. So sweet as it's is just really, when we read this, it, it really kind of rounds it out. Yes. You know, it, you can, as a man, and I, and I bring this up, you know, maybe this will be my next fearless man uh, podcast is that you can be a strong masculine man who goes to battle and fights for what is right. Uh, and yet also be tender. Yes. And a caregiver. Such an important balance. You can't, you just, you're just not all, you know, you know, testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking, man, my fleshly self got in there and wanted to say some other words. And then I had to, the filter had to go on. But, uh, you know, you can't be that all the time. Oh, At no. some point, you have to put your arm around your kid and hug them and yeah. maybe even cry with them or your daughter. I mean, that's really where it comes in handy. You know, Absolutely. Put your arm around her and, and say... Listen to yeah. the long-winded stories. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Uh, this is going to be a squirrel night, apparently. All right. Uh, Charles says in this devotional, this verse refers to Christ's reign in his church as our shepherd king. He has supremacy. But his superiority is that of a wise and tender shepherd over his needy and loving flock. He commands and receives obedience, but it is the willing obedience of well-cared-for sheep. That's so beautiful right there. Yes. They render their obedience and joyful and obedience joyfully to their beloved shepherd, whose voice they know so well. He rules with the power of love and energy of goodness. Christ's reign is practical in its character. Our text verse says he will stand and shepherd, meaning the great head of the church is actively engaged in providing for his people. He does not sit down upon the throne in idleness or simply hold his scepter without wielding it in governing his people. No, he stands and shepherds. And as a shepherd, he does everything expected of a shepherd. Mm. He guides, he watches, protects, restores, tends, and feeds. Christ's reign is continual in its duration. Our verse says he will stand and shepherd, not he will stand and shepherd now and then, often leaving his position, nor he will send revival one day and the next day leave his church in barrenness. Christ will neither slumber nor sleep. His hands never rest. His heart never ceases to beat with love. And his shoulders are never weary of carrying his people's burdens. Christ's reign is powerfully effective in its action. He will shepherd in the strength of the Lord, the Lord Jehovah. Wherever Christ is, there mm -hmm. is God. And whatever Christ does in an, in an action of the most high God. Oh, what a joyful truth to consider that he who stands today representing the interests of his people is, is very God of very God. That's from the Nicene Creed, to whom every knee will bow. Blessed are we who 
belong to such a shepherd whose humanity fellowships with us and whose divinity protects us. Let us bow down in worship as the people of his pastor. Mm. Pasture, sorry. Wow, schnooks. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I started off and kind of gave much of it away, but it was just so, it kind of hit me at that moment when I think of, you know, how we look at Christ in so many different ways. You know, and I really got to show you the slides from my presentation I did so many years ago because it just reminded me of that, of the, the very need of having all of those in his character. And how, what a balance that is in trying to achieve likeness to him, mm-hmm. that you have to balance all of those. Command and receiving obedience, which takes strength and authority, mm-hmm. but it's the response comes from a willing obedience it comes from joyful love to the shepherd yeah and that's such a uh i love that it just sounds so beautiful and that the sheep are excited to see him as much as he pushes them and sometimes could be tiring moving from pasture to pasture and over these hills when we see pictures of the sheep being shepherd shepherded along you know, there can be the danger of coyotes that they're trying to escape from. And it's from funny it. to think of ourselves as sheep, right? We've yeah. talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Such a funny analogy. But uh, being so willingly led by such a such a divine being that, that, that loves us, but also is stern, and then is also our protector at the same time. Yes. And then we just get so excited to see him, and are, are excited to see him when we go to heaven. It'll be amazing. Yay! <laughs> Guides watches he watches he protects he restores Mm. how many times has he restored us he tends to us and feeds us can i read um the other part but we don't we don't always read from jim Jim ryman yeah because i thought that was actually really good too so jim ryman is the editor of this particular devotional Uh, the devotional had been created before and then jim brought it back and, and did some editing and brought it to more of Contemporary. Contemporary. Easier to read. Uh, And then Jim says in his uh, portion of this, it says, Jesus the Messiah not only will stand and shepherd his flock, but will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. There is a beautiful analogy in this for a jewelry sits as he refines precious metals such as silver. He puts the silver in the crucible, puts the fire to it, but does not then walk away, leaving it on its own. No. He sits and watches it, being careful not to set the fire too hot, which may ruin the metal, nor set it too low, which will not allow the heat to do its work, to burn away the dross and the impurities. He sits carefully watching the metal, all the while adjusting the fire to exactly the right temperature, (laughs) and does not know it. And when he does. And when it does, sorry. And And when does he know it is perfectly pure? The answer is simple. When the jeweler can see his face in the metal, for it reflects his likeness. In the same way, the Lord sends the heat, the heat of suffering into our lives to burn away our impurities and to conform us to the likeness of his son. We are being transformed into the likeness with ever increasing glory. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. And the reason I want to read that was that one part of of that we want to reflect Jesus yes, in, in his refinement of us. Absolutely. Uh, and not, we don't want to see ourselves. No. I'm getting, I'm getting a little tired of seeing myself. Yes. <laughs> in my impurity. And the, and the ugly uh, old man and woman jumping out of the grave every now and then, and clawing <laughs> yes. like a 
like a bad horror movie with this like gross hand. <laughs> yes. Come back to me. <clears throat> hey, real quick, I didn't give you the orders of what you're supposed to do as you're watching this. Not, of course, you on the podcast were only listening, but those of you that are watching live, we need you to comment and let us know that you're watching, where you're watching from, and what it is you think about this devotional about your impurities being burned away, uh, God allowing them to, uh, uh, to, to, to wash, to, to wash you free of your sins, to wash you white as snow, mm. um, and, and, and just really transform you to a reflection of him, which is so important. Amen. How do you feel that you're doing on that, on that, uh, uh issue? Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, other times, not so much. <laughs> what do you, what do you, um, how do you feel you're doing on that? Same. I mean, I, I, uh, surely, I mean, there was a lot of work that had to be done. I, it, it, there was a lot of refining. And so as much as the been, has been knocked away, you know, there's still a little bit to go. That was pretty rough rock. Huh? It was, uh, you know, a lot, of had, a lot had to be trimmed away. But uh, there's there's moments where I see it. I see his work. Like, oh. I'll, I'll, like I'll go, wow. When, when did such, that? Such restraint. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I see it most, is in the restraint. Uh, uh, also, just, yeah, just the, the outpouring of love and compassion mm -hmm. is definitely from him. Mm -hmm. Because... I didn't really, I didn't know that before. I, I hadn't experienced what it meant to, I hadn't experienced selflessness and the ability to pour out onto complete strangers, to love on complete strangers until I met Christ. Mm. Absolutely an entirely unfamiliar concept to me. Wow. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about, I mean, because obviously God made men and women so differently. We know that. Um, and made you and I so different. Right. You know, we do we do some things differently, but I think it's important. I mean, but I think that's what God is kind of still walking us through how we how we handle situations differently, how we handle children differently, discipline and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, so we had these two friends that have been around uh, quite often the last few weeks. Uh, some of my uh, teenagers, they're I believe they're fifteen because Kelly's sixteen, mm -hmm. um, and. And I've gotten to the point now where, and they know this of me. And I said, and I even told them today, I said, you know, you've been around long enough now that if you do something, I'm going to tell you you're doing, doing something right or doing something wrong. And because something was happening in the truck and I can't remember what it was now, but it was something that they were doing something kind of carelessly. And I, and I said, we, no, we don't do that in this. We don't do that here. And I mentioned the other day with uh, the words that they use yes. and that kind of stuff. And I, and I, and I told him, I said, you know, uh, I love having you guys around. It's great to see you and that kind of stuff, but just know now, um, you know, that I'm going to make sure that you, you know, that we have, maybe we have different rules than your house. I don't know. I said, but if we, if it ever is, if it's ever feels uncomfortable or something like that, just let me know. But you know, you're around and how they now. take it. They go, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Oh, and now they say thank you. They're, 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 you know, sometimes kids don't necessarily say thank you and that kind of stuff. But my kids are really good at saying thanks, Dad, for lunch. Thank you, Dad, for breakfast. Thank you, Dad, for stuff that I buy them. They're they're all really good at that. And then today, you know, even the kid, even the two kids were, hey, thank you, Mr. Falco. Thank you. So they're really good. So it's been really fun, kind of seeing this transformation too, 
that I don't know what their home life was like. And I, and I, and I, I, I got to know the parents of one of the kids, but I know nothing of the other child. And, um, and it, it's been fun to watch the, um, that, that relationship change between me and him. And, uh, and they haven't ran off. No. <laughs> and then Ray, Ray told me yesterday, she goes, you know what I hate dad. And I go, I don't know why she started off with what I hate. She goes, you know what I hate? She goes, all my friends love you. They think you're the greatest. Aww. And I go, why do you hate that? <laughs> that is so sweet because she wants like, to be able to complain. They, go, they think you're so cool. And I go, I always have to tell them, really? You think he's that cool? But I thought that was pretty funny too. That is a great but testament. I, I like having that, that time with those kids and not hesitating to talk to them or work them through something that you yeah. know, maybe they need to be talked about. But Good. It's, it's really cool. So back to what this means. It's just, I... I, I do it differently now than I did with my oldest daughter, where I do it now with a with a with love. Oh. Before it was just hey right. hey these are my rules knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it because I said so. <laughs> so that's where in the way where uh, places I feel a difference, um, and and same uh, with strangers and things like that. Having no, I don't even think about now praying with people that I don't know, um, saying, telling people, God bless you and, and things like that. Yeah. That, that all is definitely from God. That's definitely something I would not have ever done before. It's the empathy. Yeah. The increase in the compassion and empathy. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Let's see who's commenting. We have Iris. Iris says, hi all watching from Paso Robles. Where's Paso Robles? It's, uh, up North. Oh, are you on vacation? That's the great thing about being in Southern California. That just about everything is up north when it when it comes to over. And Robert says, "Hola." Hola. Isn't "Hola" spelled H O L A? Maybe they changed the spelling in Mexico. <laughs> but it's okay. All is, all is fine. Well, "Hola," "Hola," isn't that "Aloha"? Oh, no, that's "Aloha." Yeah. Okay. The H is silent in, in Mexican language. Oh, right. <laughs> Spanish. Um. Oh yeah, I know where Paso Robles. Actually, their police department. Was, I have a couple friends that work up in that police department. Fantastic. One guy is fantastic. He's probably retired now, but he was um, he was amazing. Uh, Thirty miles is north amazing. of San Luis Obispo. Yeah, great police department. They paid their officers a lot. They were pretty. Oh really? They were almost uh, in the like we were like Anaheim was in the top ten. I think Paso Robles might have been like in the top five. Oh wow! And they all got take home cars. Like only canine had got take home cars. Paso Robles, everybody got take home cars. I don't know if it's still the same way, but I was a little jealous of that PD. Yeah, oh. but good area, good good area. Um, where where is it that a a pastor like Jack Hibbs is he the shepherd of the flock? I mean, do, do we put him in that position? Ah, uh, very good point. So the pastor office of pastor, mm. as understood in biblical terms, he should be the shepherd. But a lot of pastors nowadays are not shepherds. They have no interaction with their flock. Uh, they're more preachers. And that's the distinction is that you should feel pastored by your pastor. That's historically the role he is supposed to be, it, to be filling. Hmm. Wow. And that's why he still goes outside and talks to people and people can email him if they need a meeting. He has pastoral staff to help carry that responsibility because he's got so many um, 
people in the flock. <laughs> but yes, if people consider him their pastor, then he is your shepherd uh, on earth, our yeah. earthly shepherd, oh. as opposed to our shepherd king. Oh, there you go. That was, look at, see, I knew it. You just pull out the stuff that's so good. <laughs> All right, let's get to the uh, scripture references that are in this devotional. And the, one of them is uh, Psalm 121.4. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to point out about the devotional. Uh, that Spurgeon points out that these are not moments in time where the Lord's like, okay, you, you know, he, like he appears for your baptism when you first accept the Holy Spirit and then it just takes off. You know what I mean? He's em he's omnipresent. He's ever watching, ever protecting, always listening, always guiding. So it is, we have to understand it in a present tense. Otherwise it seems very far off. It is like my experience in Islam. God was a very distant being. Mm -hmm. It was a, something he didn't communicate directly to you. You sent prayers up, but he didn't communicate back down you. But Christ is exactly the opposite. It's very, very relational. He's very, very involved in our everyday life, both in the flesh as a earthly uh, representation, but also as a divine representation as God, as our ultimate judge, as our ultimate um, protector. Hmm. Now, this is going to be a very naive question, very child childish, childlike. We so should all please, have childlike faith. So please forgive me. But do you think in the Old Testament before Christ, that God wanted that relationship too, but just couldn't get it because of his godliness, his omnipotence and omni... Well, but he would come down and speak to them and they would scream and tell Moses to tell him to go away. Right. Yeah, because it was so frightening. But do you think that he wanted, He was trying to go, listen, I'm your God, I'm, I'm your father, I'm your... and, and wanted, wanted to get this, but it was, it was just too big. And people were like, they, they couldn't do that. It was hard because he was so vast and so... But I mean, even now with Christ, it's people can't accept it. But it's easier and we can kind of, like what, you know, what we've read in the Bible is that he came down so that we could get and see him as man. Yeah. So it's easier to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and it's easy than it was to have a relationship with a God, Maybe per se. This huge enormous figure. even though jesus was the god man yes but in flesh it's go oh okay now now he can now he can have a relationship because yeah. he knows how i feel he's felt pain he's yeah. felt suffering and he's been um you know all the things that we've go through here on earth he he went through yes so now absolutely. we can connect with him oh good that wasn't too no <laughs> that was good love <laughs> thank you all right philippians 2, 10, and 11, that the, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We always uh, shorten that to say, every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess. Hmm. Why, why do you, another one, sorry, but he says on earth. And under the earth. Why, why that distinction? Because there are creatures under the earth, too. Hmm. So he makes... Like he worms, was, is he talking about? No, I think he's talking about the uh, the ones that have been damned. Oh. But I'm not entirely sure. You can ask. That's interesting. Yeah, that's I, I, I believe that. that is what I've heard. 
But if anybody has any insight into that, that they want to say under the earth reference. The name of Jesus, heaven on earth and under the earth. So those that had died before Jesus came. So all, all the people that had died before Jesus um, came to earth and was resurrected is what it, it must be. And if you know, please feel free to comment as we're going through a, a very long explanation. It's a very long commentary, folks. Yeah. I don't know if we're gonna find it here. I feel like I feel like Jack did talk about it, and I wish I knew when that was because I'd be able to bring up his. That's where I'm referring to. Actually, it's him that mentioned it was. Mm -hmm. It's also the demons and every cre creature that is under the earth too. Things that things under the earth, the inhabitants of heaven and earth, the living and the dead. Okay. So the, all those that have died before. Jesus. Observe the vast extent of the kingdom of Christ. It reaches to heaven and earth and to all the creatures in each, to angels as well as men, and to the dead as well as the living. Ah. Cool. I mean, I guess that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, it's, uh, interesting to think that, that he's, I mean, just to, to cover it all, you know, all, all everything. everything. There's not one that's... Not <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that's outside of his dominion. It's so interesting. I'm so sorry. I just want to, this is about the Bible. And I talk about this all the time where it just covers everything. There's like, there's, he, they, 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 they covered every hole and everything that you could like, well, what about, it'll say in the Bible, what about, it says in the Bible, like there's hardly anything you can't, you know, come up with as a question. But God. And, then, <laughs> and then find the answer. What about the people that were dead before Jesus came? What about them? Do they get to go to heaven? Oh, people ask that all the time. Yeah. Well, here it is. Yes. Every knee will bow. Bow. Uh, Psalm 95, 6 through 7. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. Mm. If only, folks. I had a very um interesting a message that was sent in our comment section where uh, I, I'm envisioning this as a young woman. I'm not sure of her age, but she's a former Muslim come to Christ and she's struggling with speaking to her parents because uh, she, uh, because culturally they won't accept, they don't know she's following Jesus Christ now. And she's actually questioning her coming to faith because she had a miraculous encounter. And it's so fascinating to me that people can have a miraculous encounter and think it's so miraculous it can't be true. Mm. So she saw Jesus in her room. Like she saw, she had a vision of him and he came calling her to faith. And so I was like, wow, how do you reject something like that? And she's like, you know, she's convincing herself that maybe it wasn't him. Mm. And people have told her, in addition to what I told her, that that's just from the enemy trying to take your faith, you know? Um, not allowing that seed to be planted. Uh, but I said, if you draw close, closer to him, read his word and accept that invitation, he will prove himself to you. He will meet you where you are. Hmm. You know, it's unfortunate that the the enemy whispers something in our head. It, it, Pastor Jack gave this great uh, explanation where he says, Satan can't make us do anything. All he does is plant 
the words or the thought in your head and you have to act on it. So it's so important to understand that when that doubt comes for whatever the, the reason is, we have to rebuke the doubt. We have to say, I take every thought captive under the command of Christ Jesus. Jesus, take that thought out of my head. There is not, he who is greater in me than is, he who is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Satan, get away from me. If you, if you resist temptation, Satan will flee. Even the temptation to deny him. But when you take the thought and you, and you work it, meaning you start to analyze the thought, oh, wait, maybe I didn't see it. Yeah, you know, I was kind of sleepy that day. Maybe, <laughs> wait a minute, it was just a vision. Maybe it was a demon. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is I us. Do. I do know. It is us that takes that first whisper mm. and turns it into a story. We have to take responsibility for that. Because if we don't grab hold of Christ and the, and the truth of his word, then Satan can pull us into murdering our faith. Unbelief. Oh my gosh. Unbelief. That was good. Is one of the great ways in which people murder, murder their faith. But taken right out of the message this weekend. Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. You know, a couple of things come to mind uh, when you were talking about that. And that is that, you know, the, you know, when I was in the Marriott in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, and he uh, appeared to me in that, in that moment. And then the other things that I saw, the other side of, you know, the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. and, and there's two things that come to mind. One of them is first, when we were talking about this lady, you know, as time goes on. So we're talking about three years ago or so when that happened, is that as the distance is greater from the moment that it yes. happened, is that you start to, or if you have any difficulties or troubles, well, maybe that wasn't, or maybe, maybe I was just making, maybe I just wanted it to be real. But what I, but what I quickly, and this is different than anything else that I, you know, that I can even think of, but what I do, um, and it's probably the Holy Spirit that comes to me and says, no, go back to when that happened. How did you feel when it happened? Yes. Did you have disbelief when it happened? No. Did you have disbelief, you know, that, that, you know, the rest of the day when you were flying home? No, because I was like in a daze. I was so, I was so, I was Your like. Damascus road experience. Right. It was just this craziness that I, I flew home. I, I arrived at home and almost didn't know how I got home because I was so much like, oh my God, I just, just appeared. And then right beside me, it was a woman that was being possessed by a devil. <laughs> like, having an exorcism. <laughs> Yes, it was just the, the juxtaposition and everything that was happening. Like, it was so miraculous. And so I, I go, I go, dude, no, it's it's the time and space that's affecting yes, you. So go back. How did you, you? It went on for a week that I almost I could not snap out of the amazingness of it all and the love and the and the and just it changed my life. Oh. And so what and then, of course, it, as time goes on, then, you know, the devil finds a weakness and works on it. But I quickly go, no, listen, I didn't know exactly what happened. The other thing is, is the, the telling of my testimony of that occurrence always brings me back to that time. And it's interesting because that's exactly what I told her. I said, let's arrange a call. Tell me your testimony. Mm -hmm. And Perfect. she refused. Oh, she said, I'm not prepared to talk about my testimony because I can't really explain it. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean something formal. Mm -hmm. I just want to hear how you met Jesus. And she's like, I'm uncomfortable talking about it. Wow. And I, 
And what she's so, fighting, there's something else that she's fighting. I mean, it's the it's the demons of of idol worship. Mm. You know, it's just they don't want to let go of her, and she's just allowing that doubt and unbelief to murder her faith. It's almost like uh, I'm a fan of watching movies a couple times, good movies uh, a couple times, because each time I watch it, I see something new. In telling my testimony, <laughs> in telling my testimony, uh, I, I, I'm reminded of something that I've forgotten. And so, uh, and I'm not saying, don't be obnoxious and tell your testimony like every day to people, you know, that aren't ready to hear it, maybe perhaps, but, you know, it's, it's at the right time when I tell it and, or when I relive it, there, it, it, it refreshes, it brings back some of those moments, even the smells that I had in the room, even the, the heat in the, in the, the, the Lord feeling. says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. That's a biblical concept. Wow, I have no idea. The words of our testimony is how we overcome. Mm. And that's why it's important to encourage others, too, to share their testimony. Me and Glenn were talking about this. It's the accountability. The more he like he has he has even shaved off whatever little things that he thought were improper since he started street preaching because he knew he was going to be held to account that God would expect him to live even more holy and more righteous than others because he was going to be held accountable. It's again, that thing we talked about, about wearing the mantle of Christ. And every time you tell your testimony and you share, uh, you're testifying of God, you know what I mean? And so that reaffirms your own faith. You're, you're basically I, I, putting a stake in the ground saying, this is who I am as a result of what he's done for me. And that wow. just drives the stake in farther. It's awesome. It's, it's really, and to tell you the truth, I, I have absolutely um, the utmost sympathy for Muslims that are afraid, but uh, one of the dangers I see is that they keep their faith hidden. Mm. And that allows the enemy to speak all kinds of whispers in their head. Hmm. No, no, I'm really sad for that. Yes. Yes. I, I, we stay engaged. She, every now and then she, she'll message me another message. And so I try to encourage her. I said, you know, read the Bible, um, let God's word soak through you and um, let him prove to you who he is. Draw closer, draw towards him. Don't run away. Draw closer. Tell them, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Why am I struggling? Pick up the Bible and start reading. I mean, I, when, I, when I first started going through the Bible, the Lord was rebuking and refuting Islam through the Book of Romans. Like, I, it literally, it was through the Book of Romans and some of Exodus and, and those chapters of Leviticus, the Old Testament, and the rules that he was giving Moses— he was explaining to me why um, Islam was a false religion. Mm. It's just so important that we draw um, towards him, not away. Well, we don't want to go over this. Uh, I don't know if it's, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the Nicene Creed where he says the very God of very God is part of the Nicene Creed, which is basically the most well-accepted uh, Christian doctrine basically summarized in one, uh, one passage. You want me to read it? Sure. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and all things visible and invisible. 
And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all the worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets." And we believe in one holy Catholic, which means one universal religion, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. That's it right there. Yeah. That is awesome. Love that. All right. Anything else um, on our devotional today that um, we missed uh, coming back to? Hey there, what's your opinion of interface marriage? Oh, I love these questions. Oh. Can I start? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, that's it. Uh, we, we talked about this last night a little bit. Yeah, it's just, uh, and it depends what uh, faith you're in. Uh, for a number of reasons, I'm going to be quite bold here. Uh, but for a Christian that's trying to perfect their walk with the Lord and draw closer a partner that is on the same journey with them is super important. Andy and I talk about that all the time. I'm sure our listeners are even tired of hearing us say it, but it is the, the judge and the jury becomes the Lord Jesus Christ and what the Holy Spirit says to us rather than one another. Because if you, any, any people that are strong-willed or are trying to create a relationship together, and if they go at each other, it becomes a scorecard. And so in a biblical relationship, God is the head of that marriage. And so you both submit to God and that just makes the marriage infinitely easier. Now, in Islam, I had a feeling you may be asking that from the perspective of a Muslim. The problem with it, because in Islam, Muslims are, I was a former Muslim. I don't know if you know that, but I was a former devout Muslim for 22 years. And Islam allows you to marry people of the book, Christian and, and Jewish women. But the reason they allow that, they do not allow the reverse because the man is the head of the household. So he can um, bring the woman along. He doesn't have to make her convert, but because he is the head of the household, he will raise the children. He will impose the laws. In a Christian home, same thing. Man is the head of the household. So if a Christian woman marries a Muslim man, then she's submitting to a man that doesn't have her faith. And if she's saying, I'm not going to submit, then you have a problem. Hmm. Then that Muslim man has a problem. So, you know, because if she's saying, no, I'm not going to submit to my faith, then that means how do you raise the children? So you're saying, I'm going to make them Muslim. I implore you to be honest about what you expect, because I have emails and calls from people who are in interfaith marriages where a woman is a Christian and they're really struggling now, especially over the children. Uh, yes. and it's a, it's a huge source of conflict to start off a life with. 
Are you from Iran? My parents Iran? were originally from Iran, but I was um, in the Sunni faith. I was a practicing Sunni. If so, what is your opinion on hijab? Should it hijab. be that too? It, should it be mandated or no? <laughs> I don't honestly, I don't. I actually think you should believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you know you, where you go when you die. Uh, the, the reason I left Islam is because I needed surety about my eternal salvation. I needed to know that when I died, I was going to paradise. So all the devotion in the world under Islam um, Allah, Muhammad, never promised you salvation. You will go to God and you will be judged. You believe he's infinitely merciful, but you don't know what that mercy means. Nobody can tell you that they know what that mercy means. And so I needed to know that I loved a God that uh, loved me back and that would stand in the gap for me, that would, that would save me from my sins and that I would live in eternity in paradise. So... Whether the hijab is legitimate or not in Islam, quite frankly, I don't think any of it's legitimate. So now I need to know hijab is it's not just the head. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought it was. It sounded like you were talking about something else. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day because I remember my mom and my sisters would go to the Catholic church where they had covered. Yes, we were reading that the other day. Yeah. That that's in uh, First Corinthians. Yeah. About a head covering when you go to church. Oh, these are good questions. I love this, Khafan. Is that say, your name, Khafan? First, let's just say hello to Lisa. Hi, Lisa from Woodland Hills. Nice to see you. Uh, we are in California. Does Islam misinterpret Christianity? Terribly misinterpret, my friend. <laughs> it is, uh, it is a, a, an absolute manipulation of the faith because they take very important parts. Now, listen, listen to me on this. You, in Islam, believe in a virgin birth. You believe that Christ ascended to heaven and that he is with God and that he descends in the last days to fight the Antichrist. So in between, you've denied, Islam has denied the cross. And the reason they deny the cross and what they say is that it was Jesus's face because nobody denies that Jesus's body was on that cross, but it was um, Judas's soul. And that Jesus's soul was already transported up to heaven. Now, does that make any sense to you? The only reason that they insert that is because to accept the cross is to accept that Jesus is God. And they cannot, Islam cannot acknowledge God, uh, that Jesus is God because that destroys the religion. And they also look at it as a weakness what? that he was nailed to the cross, right? That how could how could if he's God why did the why was he right be because they the don't understand the concept of salvation that he carried on himself that's why he went to the cross he carried on this uh, on himself the sins of mankind the only sacrifice that would be worthy of God to be the remission of sins for everyone was a perfect God man the man that was entirely God and entirely man. Hmm. And don't tell me you can't believe that God would come into flesh because if you could believe God creates the heavens and earth in six days and then rests on the seventh, that he creates angels, that he can impregnate Mary with a spirit and not a sperm, then you can easily believe he would come down wrapped in flesh to save mankind and then ascend back to and the throne. And create Adam and Eve. And create Adam and Eve from nothing, from dust and breath. Should we bring up Chris's comment or just leave it alone? He was all, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I don't usually say that to people. But it's not that it's not thought of. 
people say that. Yeah. All right. Let's go back there. <laughs> Gafan, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Do you support Israel, Palestine, or neutral? Not sure if this is the right question. I actually absolutely support Israel because Israel is um, God's holy land. And if you look back at the history between Israel and Palestine, the Palestinians supported Israel because they were the ones selling their land back to the Israelites, to the Jewish people, way before the settlement of the country. And in fact, if they would have established, and even now there's that opportunity to establish the nation and that all had equal, had equal rights to citizens because there are, Arab, there are uh, Arabs that are, have Israeli citizenship is you just have to accept um, the nation of Israel. So uh, they can all live in peace in one country. They don't have to be split into two countries. It's not God's heart to split the country. Yeah, that's good. I've never heard you talk about it in that way. Ah, That's good. Yes. I like that. Here's a good one. Are you ready for this one? Yes. All right. Do you believe that Christians can drink alcohol as long as the person doesn't abuse it? Can you? <laughs> so funny okay so here's the thing uh yeah we know you Gafon. yeah no. <laughs> jesus uh turned water into wine that was one of his first miracles but there are umpteen number of verses in the bible telling us to be sober to be vigilant not to be drunkards uh not to engage in sexual immorality so if there are people out there who as they say can drink one glass every three or four months, then fine. But the reality is as an intoxicant, most people end up using it or abusing it much more than that. And if you do, then, um, then you're not supposed to use it because we shouldn't be subject to anything that takes away our sobriety. So any, if, if you have lost your sobriety, whether it's two drinks or three drinks, then that's forbidden because we are to be sober-minded. Good. Mildred says, hello, I spoke to you last Sunday at church. God bless you both. Hi, Mildred. Hello, Mildred. Nice I remember you. I was telling Andy the story of your daughter. Yes. Please remember that you're, uh, you're welcome to have her contact me. I'd be happy to help. She's Mildred's daughter studying mm -hmm. about to go to college and then wants to go to law school and then wants to run for governor. So wow, yeah, awesome. just great. Great, great stuff. And we're having a little bit of a Q&A from uh, Gafan234, <laughs> uh, who's watching on YouTube. And, uh, and they're all directed to Hedia, so I, <laughs> I'm just enjoying, enjoying, usually I'm the one blabbering along, but um, Hedia, you're doing great. Uh, this is another a good question. So great question. Yes, we love having Gafan on today. Uh, we would have ended maybe 10 minutes ago, so we're glad to have you on here asking these questions because these are and good, i hope everyone questions. else doesn't mind because they're really good questions yeah. folks so um do you believe in prosperity gospel like kenneth copeland absolutely not <laughs> yes you can't be prosperous but this is a uh following the lord jesus christ mm -hmm. is can will lead to persecution and he says remember that when they hate you they hated me first uh no one will enter the kingdom without persecution it is a it is a difficult journey, and of course, it's worth it because we're being purified by the refiner and intent on we we do it to draw closer to Christ so that we will establish His likeness, like we were mm -hmm. reading the other day. That we do it out of love in this life, so that when we meet Him, we don't have any shame, and that we're able to come and say, and He will say to us, "This is my son or my daughter with whom I am well pleased." 
because we did our devotion and we suffered for his sake, for his namesake. Uh, and can have that um, when we die. And, and I think uh, just to add on, I know these are mostly for you, but just as uh, what I want to add on as far as my walk in the Christian church, I, I've been in the Christian church longer than Hedia. I spent about 25 years in the Christian church, but not not as a godly man. I was being religious and where I where I really fell in love with Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills with Pastor Jack Hibbs is that he's a biblical teacher. And when I, every time I go to church, I learn about I learn more and more about God's word uh, and about the words that are found in this Bible and what it means. And he, he teaches in such a way that I, now I understand it like I've never understood it before. And I don't want my time wasted with somebody who's worrying about themselves and how they look on stage or uh, something that, that is not biblical because uh, it can it can or trying to amp you up. Yeah. Trying to leave you feel good. And so it's not. I mean, oh, my God, I'm so excited. And, the, and you know. That's how you came to Christ through a, a, yes. a, a pastor that did that. And we we still listen to him from time to time. But now I'm so more attuned. Um, the other day, the, uh, I'm not going to say which pastor. I think we talked about before. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But he said, wow, I'm doing really good today. Uh, this this message, I'm just, this is one of my I'm best. This yeah. is one of my best messages. That is the, it's not, it, it, it should <laughs> not be. I don't want to hear from him. I want to hear from God. And so it's it's one of those things that you can get from somebody like uh, uh, Copeland. Is that his name, right? Yeah, Kenneth Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth, yeah. Um, And even, uh, what's his name? The guy with the big teeth that has the big gigantic place in Dallas. Josh, uh, Joel Osteen. Joel Joel Osteen, those kind of people. It's, uh, you know, Tony Robbins of uh, of Christianity. And again, I'm sure they have their place and it can bring some people to to Christ. But when you want to be a person of God, whether it's a woman or man of God, uh, you need biblical teaching. Sorry. Amen. Um, what is your stance on LGBT? <laughs> it's like, it's so odd. <laughs> like is, it, wait, is somebody in a room? Somebody's in a room. <laughs> hey, kids. I think somebody's texting for another room. What is your stance on LGBTQ rights? I'm very public about my opinion about this. It is, I have a, da- a daughter who struggles with same-sex attractions and uh, the whole LGBT movement. And I tell her, as I tell everybody else, that it is a grave sin in the eyes of God and that God has uh, a distinct purpose for us that is being in heterosexual relationships. He made man for a woman and a woman for a man. And that is the goodness he wants for us. And, but we hate the sin, not uh, not the sinner. So though we try to move them away from that lifestyle, we do it um, loving them unconditionally, but never compromising the gospel. I, I will never compromise the gospel and say that, oh, okay, that's acceptable. I constantly reaffirm to her, to anyone else. We did it at a gay friend's house the other day. He asked me point blank, like, how come you're here? And I said to him, because I want to, I want to love you and be an example for you to come towards Christ. Uh, and realize that he has a better life for you. So that's um, that's our goal, is that we don't allow homosexuals to lead the flock, but we want them part of the flock so that they could be freed, so that they could be freed from that sin. And it doesn't matter whether it's pornography or it's prostitution or it's same-sex attraction. Living a life of sexual immorality brings nothing but death. And I just have this issue about LGBTQ rights. Those are, To me, those are two different things. We, there's on our on our planet and especially in the United States of America we have rights we have uh, we have we have freedom freedom of speech you know freedom of uh, of uh, unlawful s- prosecution 
uh, a whole bunch of it. But whether you're LGBTQ or heterosexual, you still should not be running around in a thong in a parade at my child's school. That's not LGBTQ rights. That's that's something else. It, it should be illegal. Um, and so that's that's where I think things kind of but get illegal on, illegal on what grounds? Illegal because it's public Porn. indecency. Pu public indecency. Okay. So it's so not, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't want to make it illegal to be in a same sex relationship. That's, it's just like saying, we're going to get rid of all the bars. Right. I mean, in an ideal society, maybe that's the case, but in this country, as <laughs> in, in this country, we have a freedom to mm -hmm. have to fornicate with who we want and to get drunk as long as we don't kill somebody in a car. So whatever hell path to hell we want to take ourselves, <laughs> right. as long as you don't, um, break laws, that's your choice. But our job as Christians is to try to draw you to Christ to set you free. Right. Yeah. Hope we clarified that. I mean, I hope I was clear on what I meant. Yes. Um, uh, on that issue. And then Robert threw in, uh, but the Jews drink wine. And uh, just on that, again, people can drink. Uh, we, Hetty and I have made this choice not to drink, uh, especially around our kids. Um, and then that's not because necessarily that drinking by itself is wrong. It's getting drunk and not being able to maintain uh, a good, healthy example to your kids while you're intoxicated and all these types of things. So is it just better just not to drink? Yes. It's just better not to Hallelujah. drink. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't mean that, you know, that we're against Jews drinking wine at their celebration, that kind of stuff. But again, you know, it's the same thing as yeah. a going out with gay people. Is people going to drink? I, I mean, we've been around people that are actually getting drunk. Yeah. Um, and so you watch the behavior change, you watch the character change, and it's, it's not my place to tell them you shouldn't be doing that. If But if they come to me and say, my life's a mess and I need help, I just tell them, well, okay, you need Jesus in sobriety because mm -hmm. that's what God asks us, asks of us. Lisa's loving the Q&A session. Oh, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Bangladesh. Are, are, are you uh, Miss America? Or is this you're trying this to... This is uh, my yeah. interview. <laughs> Bangladesh and Iran, Iran is a Muslim country. Are but, Muslim countries. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, they oppress the Christian minority. Is there any solution? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, the solution, first God. of all, yeah, and Iran is to get rid of the clerics <laughs> because Iran was always an open country up until the revolution, which is now 30 plus years. Uh, so it, 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 they need to be a, a free nation. That's that's what the solution is. And, and I mean, Islamic terrorism and extremism was my specialty as a profession. And it, it's the problem is the extremist interpretations of the faith. They've just kind of spread this poison all over the Muslim world and in Western countries as well. So we're kind of stuck with the wrath that they've imposed on their populations first and foremost, before they even exported it, they've been oppressing and harassing and intimidating their own populations. Uh, and it's, it's a travesty. Hmm. But the, the solution is just still going to be when Jesus needs just to, when he returns, that's the solution. To all of this mess. Yes. Everything. Amen. <laughs> Lisa says, I have almost exact experience that Andy is expressing now. She was talking about yeah. your church experience. Yeah. We were a yeah. couple of paragraphs. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Uh, so uh, opinion on gay conversation therapy. I, conversion therapy. Uh, conversion therapy. Sorry about that. I personally dis disagree. I believe that consenting adults should be able to do whatever they want. Ah, consenting adults. Yes. Okay. So... 
I think we, I think that's asked and answered. We yeah. talked about that, whether it's intoxication, fornication. I mean, I, I <laughs> we were, we were talking uh, with somebody and um, I was more familiar with their life story than Andy was. And Andy's like, wait, I thought you were single. And he's like, well, it's complicated. And I was like, it's not complicated. If you are still married, you're not single. You know, so we are not introducing females to get inside that complicated mess of yours because you are still married, you know, so, but he, you know, he may choose to, to do whatever he wants. And he's a very outspoken Christian, you know, and it's not, it's not something, it's what we were talking about earlier. If you are going to take on the mantle publicly of Christ, uh, you should get your house in order. It's, uh, it's important. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. But the least we can do is do honor to the mantle. And again, as an adult, uh, this, this conversion, I, who's, who am I to tell somebody to go through some type of conversion? It's like telling somebody, you know, somebody that we love, we would go to them and, and say, and yeah, not people happy. may say what I do to my daughter's conversion yeah. therapy, but I, you know, but that's geez, what it that's is. That's a child. Yeah. That's a child. And we know that children go through things uh, somebody i forget who it was i think it might have been a comedian said you know my you know when we talked about what's happening in schools nowadays and they say well my son says he's a pirate but i'm not going to poke out his eye and cut <laughs> off one of his hands and put a hook on it and we it's sure that we could go through these periods of thinking that they're one thing uh instead of who they really are and they go through it and we we help them through it um and and, and ultimately and you don't know how it's going to end yeah. up but when they you become know. adults and they've made these choices, just like anything else, that is their choice. As a Christian, our job is to love them and to be an example of what it means to be a person who follows Jesus Christ. And in that, and us praying over them uh, when we can, or maybe uh, when just praying for them, um, we, we hope that they'll see the light and the truth of the Holy uh, of, of God. Um, but that's it. So I have no intention of con you know, sending forcefully sending somebody to be converted or, you know, to conversion therapy. That's not what we're talking about at all. Um, it, it's the same as any other sin, one that we hope that they will just see the light and stop if they can um, or willing, if they're willing to. Um, I am typing from my bedroom. That was just funny. <laughs> not in our house, I hope. Um, but Lisa says, so, so far, so good. Uh, right. That's awesome. And let's see, I don't know how long we can go on with this, but yes, <laughs> but we'll try. We're going to go as long as we can. And we're not, we're not going to catch you off. Answers. Yeah. We're not going to catch you off uh, just because we don't like the questions. It's just because um, we got to go to bed and I got to go pick up my daughter who's at a party. Um, do you follow any dietary laws like an old Testament, like keeping kosher, like the Muslims with? No, God specifically commands Hello. that all things are permissible to us. And so he's, overturned the rabbinical rules with the uh, with the coming of Christ. And he clearly says, the Apostle Paul clearly says that do not make forbidden what God has made permissible. And so all food is permissible to the Christians, except those dedicated to idols in front of them. What was the first thing you ate after you took off your head cone? Uh, baby back ribs <laughs> and bacon. <laughs> Was it baby back ribs wrapped in bacon? <laughs> no, no, separate. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go with this, but uh, Iran was better under the Shah, in my opinion. Fully agree. Yep. Yep. 
Have you been uh, <laughs> have you back to Iran since you became Christian? Absolutely not. <laughs> Where else can't you go? I thought there. there's probably about 25 countries I can't go back to. Mm. You believe that uh, is uh, believe that Islam is sexiest towards sexist, sexist, sexiest, <laughs> sexist towards women. Yes, unfortunately, terribly so. Amen, Andy. Agrees Gosh. with your conversion therapy. Answer. Oh, very good. That's what very she's good. referring. She oh, okay, regarding conversion. Thank you. That, that's helpful when you do that because sometimes we don't know which one you're talking about. Thank you so much. Uh, I saw a video with you talking about how you left Islam. That is why I looked up your channel. Oh, very good. Oh, wow. Okay, so tell us, now that everybody's <laughs> been listening to us, are you a Muslim or are you a Christian or are you exploring? Because uh, we'd love to help lead you to Christ, <laughs> if that's what you're interested in. <laughs> yes. And thank you for looking up the channel. Yeah, we appreciate all the questions. We do. We love them. And, uh, and thank you, know. you, everyone, for listening. And not that you're, I don't know if you're an atheist or not, but it doesn't really matter. But what I love that Pastor Jack Hibbs tells us all the time is he goes, it, it, how many of you are friends with atheists? And, you know, like half the, the congregation lifts up their hands. He goes, what's wrong with you people that didn't lift your hand? You have to be friends. You should be find a, an atheist to become friends with. So it's, it's, it's one of those things kind of like the LGBT question and, and anything else. We need to befriend these people and love them and love on them and pray for them in hopes that uh, they will see the light. Okay, so you are a Muslim, but not a devout follower. Mm -hmm. come, over, come over to our side. <laughs> yeah, you'll love it. it. I, I, let me tell you, as I said before, it's the, it's the simple gospel. Believe unto the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, meaning to forgive your sins, turn from your ways, repent, and accept him as your Lord and Savior. That's it. And you have eternal life. And with that, with that acceptance of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That is a direct personal relationship with God for the rest of your life. And then at a blink of an eye, when you pass into eternity, um, you meet the Lord. It's just there's there's nothing that Islam offers that's even close. No one ever claimed to be God on earth. And Jesus, when you read the Bible, you cannot say he was a prophet and accept all the things that he said. Then he'd be a liar. So either Jesus was crazy, he was a liar, he was the son of God. You can't accept Jesus as a prophet. There, there is no middle ground based on the Bible. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, Gavon says, I believe that Islam is not a valid faith. It is racist against black people, in my opinion. And not only just black people, but as you said in your next comment about being extremely anti-Semitic, even the versions of Islam, like the one I, I was in, um, that didn't believe in killing people of other religions were still very anti-Semitic. Hmm. Yeah, in Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, um, and I have to say the whole thing because there's a lot of different Calvary chapels, that's why I include the Chino Hills part, is that, um, and some are somewhat different than Chino Hills. Yes. The Calvary's. Um, but um, we have Dennis Prager there, who's a devout Jew and speaks at our church. Yes. We, uh, Jack talks all the time about oh, he's how, a great lover of how Jews come in, or come to our church to learn more about the Bible. Yes. And uh, yeah, Jack loves Israel um, and the Jew and the uh, Jewish people. Uh, Lisa has a great thing to say here. You can read that one. Yes. Uh, she's talking to Gafan. Keep watching them here and check out Jack Hibbs at Calvary Church Chino Hills online and pray. And just pray for your heart, heart to be open and he will lead the way to Christ, in my opinion. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all. He'll meet you where you are. He is the God of the universe. All you have to do is open your heart and he will meet you where you are. Miraculously. And he says, thanks, Lisa. Uh, and Lisa will be praying for Gafan daily. That's yes. awesome. 
and we will too. Absolutely. And one last one before we sign off. Muslim countries are to an extent anti-Semitic, like in Algeria, they take away the citizenship of Jews. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't know, I said that was it, but Lisa says, thank you for sharing. And last one, for sure. Islam requires Arabic to recite surahs to pray, and I think we should be praying in any language. You should be praying in the language you know. <laughs> right, doesn't matter. Yes. How about this? Can uh, you do um, a prayer? Can we end on prayer? Uh, yes. With a prayer for uh, Gafan and our, our viewers that are watching. And, uh, okay, take care. I got to go. Yes, Gafan, if you need to talk, uh, please email us. We can set up a time to talk. I'd be happy to walk this uh, out with you personally. We would love to help in any way we can. And all of our friends here will be praying for you. This is our website address, resurrectministry.com, which you found apparently, but there's a comment section. Um, drop us a line and send any questions you'd like. We could even arrange for a phone call. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for our new visitor. Thank you for opening his heart. You are the God of miracles. You have never stopped performing them and you never will. You are the ever-present God. You will meet us where we are, and we're so grateful for that. We're so grateful for saving and redeeming us. We're so grateful for your loving hand that reaches out to all, for that every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want none to perish. The Lord wants not a soul to perish. And so we do everything we can, Lord, to, to spread the gospel as far and wide as we can. And we ask that you empower us and all of our listeners and all of our friends uh, to do the same and that we ask that you open the heart of uh, Gafan and draw him or her to you and uh, give him the spirit of truth so that he may know you better. We love you. We honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right, my friends. We love you guys. Um, have a great evening. And thank thank you. you. That was awesome. We so really much appreciate fun. it. Yes. Love it. All right. Have a great evening. Good love night. You. God bless.